0: Hello, you're listening to Insurance Covered, the podcast that examines and explains the inner workings of the insurance industry. My name is Peter Mansfield. I'm a partner of the law firm RPC, and in each episode, I will discuss an aspect of the insurance market with a leading individual from the insurance world. And this week we have Lee Elliston uh, with us, and our topic will be the claims handling process at Lloyd's of London. In particular, we'll be discussing the plans that Lloyds has, as set out in a document known as Blueprint 1, for the reform and transformation of the claims process at Lloyds. Lee has worked for the Lloyds Market Association since 2013, and for the last couple of years he's been the Claims Director and Head of Claim Operations and Delegated Authority. He has overall responsibility for the LMA Claims Committee, uh, and before his moved to the LMA, he was an Assistant Vice President at Marsh a senior claims executive at Willys Re and a reinsurance operations manager at Catlin. So there is virtually nothing in the insurance world that he hasn't done at some stage in his career. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Peter. Um, and before we move on to the claims reform within Lloyds, I'm always intrigued um, how people kind of got, first got involved in the insurance industry. Was it, was it in your blood from an early age? Unfortunately not, and,
1: and like many in the industry, I, I kind of fell in it, um, into it at some point in my career. And, and that, was, that was mainly because I've, I came out of higher education and decided that I was going to take another route and avenue following an architectural um, course that, that, that I was doing um, through college. Had an opportunity at Willis and, and the rest is history. The other elements that, that were kind of in my blood that I, I looked to, to possibly achieve before thinking about insurance was my dad was a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so looked I looked, at, um, I looked at, at that avenue and got came very close um, through the selection process at one point it 's still something that I would love to do so look back on that and feel like I nearly got there but but didn 't quite and then um, was very involved in football through various local and regional levels um, and then decided to take my UEFA B coaching badge at one point, which I still hold to this day and still get involved in a lot of football coaching. So, so yeah, if somebody offered me uh, millions of pounds um, and I could go off and do something that I wanted, I'd definitely move into some football coaching somewhere and uh, apply some of my coaching and creative thoughts um, through football.
0: Brilliant. So do you do football? So- Kids football at the moment? Um, I've I've done it at senior
1: level with football and I've done it for youth football. So as they're coming out of kind of youth football and getting into their teenage years. But it's been on ice whilst I um, grow up with with my own
0: young family. So a three-year-old and a six-year-old keeps them busy most weekends. (laughs) Brilliant. Anyway, somehow we've got to get back onto insurance. Um, So clearly, even though architecture's loss, football's loss is insurance's gain. And you've obviously risen through the ranks extremely quickly. But how did you... And have first become involved in the reform of the Lloyds claims process? It's
1: probably my first role at, at Willis. So I had the opportunity when I was at Willis to get involved in the in the original IMR and ECF project way back. And part of my kind of ethos and character really has always been to volunteer for, for new initiatives and, and things that are changing in the market. And I kind of took that concept on from the very early stage of my career. Um, and from that point on really, I've always wanted to take the creative elements of my character that I had for my school years and apply it in some way in the insurance industry. So having the ability to be involved in modernising the market and, and claims in certain ways and looking to how we can transform and just be, use modern technologies, they are things that I believe we need to get to in this market. I believe the future of Lloyds Blueprint and Programme will, will absolutely get to, and they're things that I'm very passionate about because I believe they can really enhance where the market's going.
0: Brilliant. And, and for those who haven't come across uh, the Blueprint, we probably ought to provide a, kind of a short overview of, of what it is. And kind of, uh, My understanding is it's a, it's a, a document, a 145-page document that sets out a step-by-step plan to transform the way that Lloyds works and is going to work in the future. Uh, and it covers both the underwriting process and reform of the, the claims process as well, and everything in between. From what I've seen, and re- more remarkable than that, it's um, it's both readable and unexpectedly inspiring as a read. So, and there's clearly far too much in it to discuss it in one single podcast. So today we're going to be concentrating on on the claims side of thing. So, so Lee, kind of first of all, I suppose, please could you say why you think reform is necessary? I think as a market we are
1: esteemed in our heritage and history and a lot of that is built on relationships we've, we've had in this market and how we've professionalised the insurance industry but done so from a global hub in London. And that is unique to, to our offering. And we need to build on that now and build on that with, with more modern ways of sourcing and transacting. And that goes across our value chain from our policyholders through to our, um, our delegated agents, our brokers, and our experts. And it cuts across every discipline in the market. And people do look at technology being the, um, the kind of the holy grail to it all. And, and I like to think that there's a blend of, of three core things. So technology and being modern in that, in that sense is one aspect. People um, is another key aspect. So the people we've got in, in this market will need to adapt to gain new skills, new mindset, and new approach in the way we work. That comes with a different culture that's very key to the market and that, and that also needs to be modernised both at an industry and organisational level. And then, um, and then we look at process and the way I look at process is we've now got an opportunity to transform our business operating
0: model. Okay, so uh, I mean, we, we've got the, the technology side of things, the people side of things, the process side of things. So what, in a nutshell, before we discuss each one of those in turn, in a nutshell, what does the blueprint say about how claims is going to change over the next two or three years, five years perhaps? It's really,
1: really breaking it down for me. The blueprint is a very visionary document, and, and that's great, because I think it's the first time I certainly feel in my time at the LMA that we have been truly visionary about how this transformation can be applied. A lot of it is, is in the past, unfortunately looked at re-platforming current processes and problems that we've got. And this is going way, way beyond that. Plans has a a real opportunity to be more customer-focused, ...and interact with our value chain and our policyholders in a very different way. And you can see that coming through the blueprint. Which,
0: yeah, I mean, the, the, which there's, there's a line in the blueprint which I loved, which was... ...you know, we're going to become customer-obsessed, which I thought was a great line. Yeah,
1: it's, it's fantastic. And the retail market have been there for a number of years. Um, but just because we're a surplus lines market... ...doesn't mean that we shouldn't take some of the mindset and approach... ...with regards to how they interact with their customers and the type of empathy and intelligence that's applied to them, that's, that's a real key element for me in, in the claims blueprint.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, let's talk about new technology a little bit because um, in the blueprint there's a talk about the, sort of the, the lower value claims. And I must say, coming from my own experience, I wasn't aware that there were so many low value claims in, in Lloyd's. But there's, there's one particular table that talks about you know, the, the, the number of claims that closed between 2016 and 2018 and, and the value of those claims. And it's like 77%, well, there's 50%, just under 50% are £5,000 or less of, of all claims. Um, and then there's another 29% on top of that, which is £50,000, uh, down to £5,000. But yet combined, they, they're just 3% of the total payout during that period. So you have, you have a huge number of low-value claims, which overall are a very small percentage of what the claims payments are made. And then the very top sliver, you know, the, the 3% of claims that are over a million, are 66% of what's paid out. So it seems to me, reading the blueprint, that, that sort of drives the strategy after that. There's a different strategy for the low-value claims than, than the high-value claims. There has been um, a different approach to, um, to standard and complex in
1: the past, not from a service perspective, but just for, from the way the claims are, are rooted and triaged and uh, managed through, through the Lloyd's Claims Scheme. And going forward, that decision around the claim needs to be built around the right characteristics and um, financial thresholds of the the claim um, via data. So technology will play a huge part in standard claims. We already have a very efficient approach within Lloyds around a um, a one-touch agreement across multi-bureaus, which is SCAT as we know it. And we already have um, one agreement for standard claims um, within within Lloyds um, and the subscription market of Lloyds. So it's it's building on that with the right technology. I don't believe that we'll be in a world where technology just responds to all low-value claims. Some low-value claims are rightly outsourced and handled by local experts um, around the globe, and that's right. But we should be helping them utilise the technology that we can provide in the Lloyds market. They're an extension of our service, so it's about pr- providing the right technologies to the right people in the value chain so we can make smarter and quicker decisions on those standard claims.
0: But, I mean, the blueprint itself talks about uh, for uh, a tranche of claims of not being touched by humans at all, effectively. So just going through uh, an artificial intelligence kind of algorithmic, I suppose, um, process. Is, is, I mean, how much of the market do you think that might apply to
1: I, I think there are there are obvious examples when you look at uh, parametric insurance when it's when it's written into the policy that with the right technologies behind it you can trigger processes via technology and data very quickly. I think when you're looking at um, surplus lines business that's rooted into Lloyd's, I absolutely believe the technology will allow us to be very very proactive, and very proactive with regard to creating the claim very early. And what I mean by that is. Will it even need to be notified or will we have to wait for a notification from a broker or from a, from a cover holder or a TPA? And I, I don't think so. I think we'll be able to understand that that claim um, has been triggered. We'll almost be able to notify it to ourselves and we'll have enough information and data on the exposure or the coverage of the risk. To understand that we can make a very early full or, or, or
0: part payment. I mean, what sort of classes of business are you, are you talking about where that that might apply? So, the, so, the,
1: so the consumer classes. So, a lot of the consumer classes that we typically write through binders today, and um, they are very homeowners, personal lines type, type business. So, I think that is an absolute no-brainer for that to respond in that way to that business. So, just
0: just practically how well? So, so uh, the, the the policy holder themselves would sort of link in directly through technology and say, this is the notification, and then the artificial intelligence would take over? So
1: so we we would absolutely provide um, policyholders with the ability to raise a claim, and with the data that we'll have available and and we'll be able to source from third parties, being cover holders and TPAs in this example, we would be able to raise and notify that claim immediately and trigger some kind of payments and decisions on it um, at the same time. So that, that's all available in that area. And, and I have to say, the binder business that we write, write property insurance through by that mechanism is very affected by CAT. So these are people that at some point will trigger their policy because they are in an hour of need. And them being able to come to a portal to understand where their Lloyd's policy is... And how they can notify a claim and getting some instant responses and instant payments will do a huge amount for the Lloyd's brand globally.
0: Yeah, because there was talk about payments being made in a couple of days or whatever, which would be a would would be music to the ears of most policyholders, I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that and that's one of the areas that that we need to focus on, and, it, and it's mentioned within the claims blueprint. How do we create a faster settlement and flexible settlement methods? Today, we're tied to a a bureau mechanism and, and, a, and a net accounting mechanism that ties us to all sorts of rules around how many days it takes to settle and process. And in a modern world where, where I can transfer money to you
0: whilst I'm sitting here in this podcast, Peter, we should be able to do the same for our policyholders. That makes a lot of sense. So uh, yeah, can this? I think you already mentioned that the, what the things that you want to do through the blueprint are not currently um, possible through the current technology that is being used. So what sort of new levels of technology will be required?
1: So, so so there are technologies um, out there off the shelf that I think we should be looking to pursue. So I, I don't think this is a from-the-ground-up build from a technological perspective. We absolutely want to look at portals so it can serve TPAs, cover holders and policy holders very well. We absolutely want to look at a data-first orchestration model so it sends a, a claim notification or claims message around where the claim is, and setting some expectation around the claim, but it can do that via a very structured message back to whoever needs to receive it in the value chain. Rather than taking this, it needs to go to A before it goes to B before it goes to C approach, we should understand where it needs to go, and, and it can be pushed out to, to inform as many people as possible.
0: And also, it involves change in the way which people are used, and claims managers at work, and the skill sets. And I know you talk. Um, Have talked about the the way in which claims managers will need to have a slightly different set of skills than than they have at the moment. Is is that something I'm assuming that people will not be redundant in the new Lloyds, um, but they might just have a different role to play? That
1: absolutely they will. It's easy to talk about potential redundancies. I don't see there being redundancies. We did a study with PWC earlier this year and it looked at the journey that you'll go through um, of transformation and the impact on people. And the net result after a five to ten year period was that it would be the same at the end, broadly the same, maybe slightly lower, but broadly the same. But you will go through this period of peaks and troughs about where those people are, what skills they've got, and how they respond. It is all about upskilling, reskilling, and redeployment for me. So it'll be redeployment of um, claims, technical claims people in the right roles. It will be more more customer experience-led people. It will be people um, that are built around data analytics and data insights. It will be portfolio management um, to enable you to work with your underwriters and be seen on par with your underwriters, and um, being able to provide a fantastic claims experience and service. It won't just be focused on good technical claims handling. It will be much more than that. So we do, we do need to understand how we adapt. We do, we do need to understand what skills we need going forward. We're we're an industry that that underwrites risk, but we don't take risk with our talent, and we need to start taking risk with our talent. I get quite upset when I see job descriptions on LinkedIn that look like they did 20 years ago, and they're looking for somebody with class and ECF experience, and they're looking for somebody who's got 25 years' experience in marine yacht. They're not looking for people that are portfolio managers, who are customer-focused and have some outside industry skills that we could... Bring in here now
0: to evolve some of the talent we've got in our market. And at the end of this, I mean, uh, how long is this process? Do you think going uh, to take? The uh, blueprint talks about, well, particularly with long long tail claims, there will be a, a transition period presumably um, before the the new system kicks in. Um, but we're talking about five six years. We'd expect to see the new systems in place. The thing that I really love about the
1: blueprint as a whole, um, but, but definitely for claims is the fact that it is an evolution, so it does take you on that on that journey to, to adapting and adopting a new, a, a new future and a new model. What um, what it looks like, as far as claims is concerned, I think three to five years, we'll start to see new technologies and, and the new model landing. I think you're probably looking at two to three years following that until it's fully embedded.
0: And what do you think, you know, if, if we are transported from today to seven years' time, What would be the biggest difference, the most obvious difference that that we would notice in in the way in which claims are handled through Lloyds?
1: I think the biggest difference will be the fact that we can trigger claims decisions and payments um, instantly. And that talent and experience that we've got around negotiating and interacting with our value chain will see us um, truly, truly compete with the domestic carriers of the U.S., for example, who, who can walk out and cut a cheque immediately and, and indemnify a policyholder. So I, I think the triggers around decision-making and payment
0: will be the key ones. Okay. And um, what what do you think your main challenges will be? People. Any change and people people will be the biggest
1: challenge. And that's why we need to take the people on the journey early. So around what change will come, what what the impact is on them. So how it, it will impact their role and the skills and the things they do today. And, and don't don't be afraid of any of that. It's, it's, it's going to take away, I believe, a lot of the administrative tasks and burdens that people have got today in a, in a claims role, and it's going to allow them to truly focus on what adds value to the customer experience. So if we can get people engaged on the Future at Lloyd's Blueprint now and that evolution of deployment of technologies, de- deployment of new processes, and that will adapt people to new ways of working, then it will be a great success. If we leave the adaptation of people and the adopting of new technologies to the end when it's delivered, then we'll have a a bit more of a problem.
0: And do you sense that claims people in the market are reading the blueprint and understanding it?
1: I believe the claims community have have been in a a very strong and positive place for the last three years, in that they've been driving um, modernisation as far as they can with the investment that they've got, both at a market level and an industry level, and they're ready for this change. They are they are very positive about making the change, and they're absolutely supportive of the blueprint, but more importantly, collaborating with Lloyds to shape and
0: influence what the future looks like. And if people do want to collaborate and shape the future, who do they contact? How do they do it? So contact Lloyds. Lloyd, Lloyds have got a, a
1: great website with regards to um, the Future at Lloyds programme, Connecting with Lloyds there will allow people to consider how claims reps and managing agents can have secondment opportunities into the programme or be part of groups that will allow engagement and consultation to occur. Obviously, myself and my claims team at the LMA are supporting and engaging with the market as deep and as wide as we can, um, and that's to ensure that people understand what this means for them and how they can get involved.
0: Yeah, and you're clearly optimistic and passionate about this as a, as a way to transform Kind of the claims process. Um, I mean Lloyds is 200 years old now. Do you reckon it will still be around in 200 years time?
1: I think Lloyds will still be around 200 years time. I think I think it will look like a, a digital Lloyds and a digital marketplace and I don't believe we'll all be in the room. I don't believe we'll all be in Lloyds. I believe we'll, we'll be taking the benefits of the marketplace that we've got without being in, in that room at the boxes.
0: Brilliant. Lee, thank you very much. That was, that was wonderful. That was thank really you. helpful. Thank Thanks you very much sir. indeed. Thank you for listening to Insurance Covered. Insurance Covered is an RPC production, recorded and edited by Mary Mitchell. We couldn't do this without Joe Burgess, Sean Alberts and, of course, our guests. Thanks to them. If you want to be a guest or have any feedback for us, please contact us on podcast at rpc.co.uk. Finally, please rate, share and review it. And please subscribe so that you can ensure receiving future episodes. Thank you.